you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Ooh, blah, and lie. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Episode number 18 of the Dave Damashek football program, available, of course, on NFL.com and iTunes. We appreciate it if you go over there, you subscribe, you comment, all that jazz. Joining me, as always, my pal, Adam Rank. What's going down, Rank? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Come on with the boss business enough. We, we get it already. How dare you? What's what's with the boss business? Listen, I know, I know, but you're the boss. I guess so. I'm here for you. (laughs) All right, yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah, he's right here. Uh, Okay, I'll let him know. Goodbye. Um, Abercrombie and Fitch just called rank. Uh, They prefer that you never wear their clothes. (laughs) Sorry. I don't think they make them this husky. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised to, <laughs> to learn that you could squeeze yourself into those. But uh, <laughs> anyway, episode 18, we have much to get to. We're going to be yapping with our pal uh, Michael Fabiano about uh, our fantasy draft that just went on earlier in the week and talk about uh, fantasy football in general, more importantly to you. Talking about your team mm-hmm. is a little bit like describing golf shots to people. Like, you know, you know that, uh, you know, you know, on number seven, how the whole dog legs. Are, yeah, I don't care. Where you, I don't, I, I, yeah, I know the I don't care about what you're doing, you know, but anyway, it's that it's that sort of thing. But in spite of that, I think by looking at the teams and some of the choices we made, it will hopefully be informative to you as we move forward with the draft. But episode 18, as we always uh, do, we identify the player who wore that number best. I think it's clear cut. You're not going to like it, Rank. What? It's Peyton Manning. It's got to be. Who's who's better than Peyton Manning that's ever worn 18 in any sport? It's a pretty thin number in general. You would think those teens would all have some great some... people with it. I mean, Peyton Manning counts as a as right. a great player. But before but him. Chaz Joyner. Right, great. He was good. Maybe he's not done all-time great. Denny uh, Savard. He's in the Hall of Fame. All right, but uh, yeah, but you know what I'm saying. He's not doesn't rank with Peyton Manning. Denny Savard of the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. And, Davey Taylor. 
Ah, that's a good one. Davey Taylor. Yeah, you, you couldn't name him the other day, right? Or you forgot Chaz Simmer. That's who you forgot. No, that's not right. Um, and uh, Marcel Dion, that great line for the uh, for the L.A. Kings. Maybe when we get through this, if, if I mean, assuming that we get to 99, which there's no chance we ever will, I'm sure. Right. You know, Commissioner Goodell will put the kibosh on this. Our league office at 280 Park is uh, working on making sure that never happens. Speaking of which, our pal Brian Mermelstein got so frustrated with with us doing this every week and mm-hmm. us forgetting key guys who wore those numbers right. that he's, he's taken it upon himself to start emailing me to make sure I don't forget, especially with <laughs> That's his interest. So oh, yeah. he's so he's uh, he's making us aware of uh, so we don't miss. But if we did somehow get to ninety nine, mm-hmm. hypothetically, maybe when we go one to hundred the next and one to ninety nine the next time, we do the worst guy to ever wear that number. Ooh, that'd be great. But just to just to plant a seed for eighteen next time around, Cliff Stout, the worst stealer Ooh. of all time. And uh, Birmingham Stallion? That's exactly right. Good for you. Made a lot of money going to the Birmingham Stallion, fleeing to the USFL. But, uh, yeah, Youngstown State product, a, a penguin. Youngstown State Penguins. That's right. All right, listen. Well, let's talk about quarterbacks uh, very quickly. You made a great because Eli Manning has uh, and Terrell Pryor are the two big stories. Mm-hmm. Let me say about Terrell Pryor. Listen, he is a. I think he is a selfish kid. He's a bad kid. You know, it's not just the decisions that he made at Ohio State. He cost some kids at Michigan a chance of getting a scholarship because he was holding out and holding. I might go play baseball. I might not. Kids were waiting around to see what he did because of that scholarship, right? And th- that they might take and everything. But you know, listen, he's a selfish kid. But I'm glad he's in the in the draft. But uh, getting away from the legalities or the ethics, just looking ahead for him. I'd be very surprised. This is a, something to me that you always hear. I, I I can't imagine an NFL team taking a shot on this guy. Yeah. You can't imagine somebody taking a third-round pick. I'll be surprised if he makes it any further than uh, than the third round. Some team, when teams need quarterbacks, look at him run. He's six foot six. He runs great. He has a better arm than Vince Young. That's how I always compare him. He's a better right. version of Vince Young. Yeah, I said just fast-forward his career to the point where he's resurrecting it with the Eagles. Yeah, that's right. Well, and we talk about that in the instant debate on NFL.com. You can check that out also on NFL. Weird. It's weird that the NFL is suspending him for five games. Yeah. Like, is A.J. Green miss study hall? Is he going to be suspended for the foul? You know, if the NFL really wants to crack down on something in college football, just make the playoff. Yeah. Oh, what? Hello? Yeah. Yep, I'm with him. All right, I'll let him know. The gap just called. You're out. No gap for the you. Gap. They don't want you in their clothes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel. Either. I feel like. Why am I put in this position? Have to be be the bad guy. Don't kill the messenger. How'd they get your number? Please don't sit on the messenger. That's all. <laughs> so, um, all right. And and uh, yeah. So I, I. It'll be interesting to see how this prior thing works out. He definitely does not look when you watch him throwing the football. He doesn't look like he should step into an NFL team and take over anytime. I mean, the five right, week. Yeah. The, well, the, we could debate, the again, the morality of sitting a kid down for five weeks as a punishment, whether or not that's the commissioner's place to do that. I'm more interested just in, in, in from a football perspective mm-hmm. to see if this kid works out. But, again, Tim Tebow was a first-round draft pick. Somebody can't use a third-round draft pick on Terrell Pryor to see what this kid's going to turn into? Yeah. Um, the other big issue, Eli Manning saying what he said. To me, it's a non-story. I like it from a QB. I like him to have a swagger to assume that he's great. I don't mind him saying it at all. I don't mind him voicing that opinion either to let the world know that that's what he thinks. It's putting the pressure on himself. I like that. Eli has no swagger. Look at him. He's it not, is true. He he does not look cool enough to have swagger. Like if he put on a black leather jacket and grew a like yeah, a goatee, it, look right. You're right. it doesn't look right. Here's what he could well, have said. Well, Henry Winkler did it and pulled it <laughs> off. In hindsight, isn't that one of the great one of the one of the great jokes on America that Henry Winkler for about a decade was the coolest man in America? Absolutely. And you see him on Royal Pains now, and you're like, that's <laughs> what the Fonz would have looked like in 1990. Yeah, yeah. Like that doesn't because they were 20 strange. years. Yeah, you know, strange. Yeah, I don't. I can't. Imagine. But you made a great point about this. Is he an elite quarterback? Whatever. It's just a fun thing to talk about. It's not the end of the world that Eli Manning said that. But you made a great point because another thing people like to do is is analyze it in the 2004 class. Yes, and I'm not even sure that he's in the top three of the 2004 because draft you have class. JP Lozman ahead. No, of him. not JP Lozman, but Matt Schaub. Is a third round pick in that draft. And everybody nobody talks about that. When you want to talk about stories that nobody talks about, that's one of them. Because whenever they talk about oh, 2004, great class, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, 
Eli Manning. Matt Schaub was in that thing, too. And, then, you know, if Matt Schaub continues to put up the numbers that he's putting up, they're going to have to think of that class as one of the all-time best. It's in, well, I think they already do. I mean, you have two, you have three Super Bowl rings. Phil Rivers has put up huge numbers. Is it numbers. better than 83? Oh, no. Stop See, it. that's what I'm saying. Well, you know, you yeah, Elway and Marino make that the best of all time. But the thing that is noteworthy about 83 is that Blackledge was a bust. Eason was eh, not a bust, but mediocre at best. And Ken O'Brien was pretty good. He just had uh, turnover issues and and such, right? Isn't that right? Ken O'Brien was kind of underrated. He was all right. Of course, the Jets would rather have had Dan Marino as the, as the headline there. But anyway, I think that's a very interesting point you make there, Rank. I disagree with that. I wouldn't put Schaub ahead of any of those three guys. But Schaub's it, not ahead of him right now? I don't think so, but it's but but listen, it's what an about, intriguing well, point. We have Michael Fabiano coming up. What do you think about in fantasy? Is Matt Schaub ahead of Eli? Oh, Manning? no question. That's that, of course that's what colors people's opinions. Is is how productive guys are in fantasy elevates them to places they don't deserve. I would make that case about Phil Rivers, as a matter of fact. Win a big game, and then we can talk about you being one of the top five quarterbacks. Until you do that, uh, you know, listen, go spit, as uh, Danny Glover says in Lethal Weapon <laughs> on TV. What do you mean? Does he do that in the actual? Go spit is his great line. Yes, that's what he says when when they're when they're beating him within an inch of his life because they want information from I him. Thought that was they're dumb, sweating dude. him. No, no, no. That's what he says. That's his line. Go spit. <laughs> I, he... I always want that to be my catchphrase, and I never forget. I always uh, forget to employ it, but I, I'd like to do that. Hello. Oh, oh, great news. Okay, I'll let him know for sure. Hey, Dunkin' Donuts just called. Uh, they wondering where you were this morning. <laughs> They want your business. So they want my business. That's they right. get my business already. You provide about 50% of it <laughs> annually, so I'm not surprised. Good for you. So at least that's at least you got that going for you. Huh? Thank you. Hey, um, real quick before we bring Fabiano in here. Take a look at uh, NFL.com. Look at the uh, at the blog page. And speaking of blog pages, um, great. Oh, first of all, shame report. Thanks for everybody checking out the uh, yep. the first preseason edition there. Make sure you're always on the lookout for Rank's uh, Dynamite Pick 6 segments. A lot of people uh, looking at that shame report. Appreciate that very much. But uh, coming up on Monday, I said that the blog page, the Damashek blog page, would be up this week. In fact, it's up on Monday. So be on the lookout for that. Also, Look at that. Take a look at this. I want this to be our poll question, as a matter of fact. Uh, you know, our, our interim producer who replaced uh, tie dye, who, who replaced uh, Necktie Milner while uh, Necktie is off working on the uh, fantasy show that Fabiano and you and I are going to be a part of all season long. Uh, while he's doing that, we've uh, we've taken on the hippie uh, Necktie Dye and because uh, he's a, he's a hippie of a guy but this outfit that he's got on today is just criminal as far as i'm concerned <laughs> it's just criminal i want the poll question well let's we'll, we'll get some pictures of them and we'll put oh. them on the site are those shoes gonna what be are those shoes <laughs> they're slippers is what it they looks are. like something a dominican kid would have used as a baseball glove <laughs> <laughs> yes that's very good i like that uh that's a good comparison for those I mean, I here's the poll question, uh, neck tie dye. I want you to write it this way: Is this the way a grown man should dress in his place of business? This is that's the question, and you vote on it, and I'll I'll wait your decision. All right. So, with all that uh, cleared up, let's uh, let's talk some fantasy football. And by the way, programming note too. Tomorrow, we're going to bring in Elliot Harrison, another of our fantasy cohorts, also oh, yeah. a, a fine uh, writer, a great analytical uh, writer on NFL.com, always uh, great stuff. We're going to bring in Elliot Harrison, and we'll really dig into this QB. Let's put together our proper rankings for QB. Let's, okay. let's, let's figure it out. All the, all the facts and myths, and we'll do all that stuff, and we'll get into who the best QBs are in the NFL tomorrow. But right now, let's, uh, let's get, uh, talk some fantasy with Fabiano. You're listening to Dave Damashek. You're listening to Dave Damashek. You're listening to Dave Damashek. All right. Well, well, well. What a treat. Look who it is, Mr. Rank. It's our old pal from NFL Fantasy Live, the guru, the uh, the main man at uh, NFL.com's fantasy, uh, the, the the man to go to for, for all things uh, fantasy-related. Michael Fabiano, what's going down, Fabs? How are we? Exciting time right now. You know, it I is. just saw your most recent shame report, and it 
felt like football season when I heard you say, uh, let it begin. Well, I was consider, loving it. I consider that a great compliment. I was loving and it. Before if anything, that's not how they start the Thursday night football game, then <laughs> it would be an outrage. <laughs> that would be great. Well, I, I uh, repay the compliment in spades to you, Fabiano, because um, I really, I banner work for you to make it all summer long writing about fantasy-related stuff when everybody became cynical about whether or not there was even going to be a season. People almost resent fantasy. Like, how dare you talk about fantasy when we don't even know if there's going to be a season? But you uh, you kept your he- head down and plowed forward and kept churning out the stuff, and uh, now it's reaping dividends because uh, because now we're all talking fantasy. And in fact, we had our first fantasy draft, mm-hmm. or we had our Experts League draft, and uh, I want to pick that thing apart a little bit with you fellas in just a second here. But listen, I've got to talk about one thing here with you, Fabiano, before we get to that. And uh, as you may or may not know, I have my fan conduct policy. Commissioner Goodell created the player conduct policy, and then he created the fan conduct policy, which crossed the line for me because... How dare he tell us how to behave our, uh, our uh, how to behave? <laughs> Listen, we're we're essentially you know you always hear that it's uh, the NFL and protect the shield and the players are essentially his employees. But in a way, isn't the commissioner our employee since we're the the people who buy the tickets? We're the ones who buy Direct TV. We buy the Sunday ticket mm-hmm. and everything else. How dare he tell us how to comport ourselves when we're in the stands? Anyway, so I put together. I start. I've started to cobble together a fan conduct policy ever growing and uh, i i have to say that you're in direct violation of one of my cardinal rules with that which Uh-oh. is i don't listen you're from for everybody who doesn't know tell tell us where you're from connecticut connecticut right so you're from the tri-state area as right. they call it there mm-hmm. and uh you grew up a yankees fan yes okay all right that that makes sense well, I, I, I got no beef there. there i know exactly where this that is makes going. sense that makes sense now and then and then are you a giants or are you a jets fan uh, honestly, I'm a Cowboys fan. I, what, but we are na- we, we're a national team. The Cowboys fans are everywhere, my friend. Are everywhere. The Gi- are the Giants and Jets? Are they part of the package in Connecticut? Uh, like, like, because we get Chargers games in Los Angeles now, right? But when yeah, you were growing sure. up, were, were they part of the? Right. The, you yeah. would automatically get those games, or would exactly. you get the Cowboys game? No, exactly. Cowboys and this was way before Directv, and you can actually watch any game that you wanted to. So I will say that that was always the late game. In uh, when they I was growing up in Pittsburgh, TV. the Cowboys were always on in the mm-hmm. late game with Pat really? Summerall. I mean, yeah. he he may as well, I, he probably lived at Texas Stadium <laughs> because he was on every right. Sunday in the late game doing the Cowboys. Well, they were CBS, the Cowboys broadcasting station. <laughs> it was basically that. So, all right, I, you know, Wait, I, I know when I was a kid, o- but they were the one o'clock game. They were well, no, they were the four o'clock game. Uh, well, I mean, on the on the West Coast, yes, we they were the late game because we always had the Rams or the Raiders, so we never got the Cowboys. Oh yeah, no, I that's what we when, always. When had I was watch. a kid, I just loved Danny White and Tony Dorsett. I loved those guys, and I started following sports right around 1980-81. Cowboys were great; they were getting their butts kicked in every NFC Championship game. But that's the reason why I just loved the Cowboys because they were on TV all the time. They were America's team. I was a big fan of Danny White, Tony Dorsett, all those guys. So. Um, we, we we talked about that. We, that's where the Cowboys allegiance came in. You know, it's funny. We talked about that a while back, a few weeks ago on the podcast. It's funny to think about if Danny White, a couple things go a little bit differently. You know, Drew Pearson in the 81 sure. NFC title game, that's probably right around when you start watching. Mm-hmm. If Drew Pearson breaks that tackle at midfield right after Dwight Clark's the catch, yep. Yep. The, the, mm-hmm. the famous the catch, Drew Pearson catches one over the middle and almost breaks it and goes the distance. Mm-hmm. If he does that, obviously history is complete different and Danny White goes to the Super Bowl and plays the Bengals who probably would have been overmatched by the 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 star those guys are were were veterans of big games they probably go to the up up to uh the uh to the Pontiac uh, to the dome up there and and, uh, the the Silver Dome and beat them Mm -hmm. and Danny White then is has a whole different swagger about him and maybe then they have enough to beat uh, the skins in RFK the following season maybe they Mm -hmm. can win back-to-back titles you know you want to hear a funny story about that game Uh, I used to work at CBS, and I was good friends with Randy Cross. And Randy Cross was a part of that catch game, which was one of the most heartbreaking sporting games, at least for me, being a Cowboys fan. So Randy and I became buddies at CBS when he would do a a game down in Miami because I used to live in Florida when I was working for Sportsline. We would hang out together. We would go to dinner together. And he told me the story about how when that pass left Joe Montana's hand, he was on his butt. Because he had gotten beaten on the play, and he had a front row seat for that amazing catch. And I thought, geez, you know, Randy, 
back at that time, man, I hated you guys. I hate because Brent Jones, you know, Brent worked for CBS, and I was friends with him too. And I hated those guys. And Randy came in uh, to for a game, and my car had a Cowboys license plate on it. And I, I said, <laughs> "Are you okay getting into my car right here? Because I got a Cowboys license plate." And boy, I couldn't stand you back in the back in the early '80s. Uh, but Randy was great about it. But th- that's a cool little story when you're talking about Randy Cross, an offensive lineman for the 49ers who went out in a blaze of glory, went to the Super Bowl, won it, and then retired. Uh, coming in and telling me that story about how he had a great seat for watching what is arguably one of the most memorable plays in, in the history of the National Football True. Region. I True. still don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. You root for the Cowboys. All right. Here's and then, the big and then one. Are you, are, are you a, so you're, I assume, a Knicks fan or are you a Nets fan? Again, not, picture it. <laughs> 1980s, okay? Yeah. Lakers, 76ers, yeah. and the championship. I had never watched basketball before, and this guy named Magic Johnson plays center when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is hurt, and I fall in love with Magic Johnson and become a Lakers fan. All right. But here, I've lived in the tri-state area. I've lived in L.A. for the last four years, so mm-hmm. I've lived in two of the three areas. All right. Yeah, so listen, you can't but you, you moved to L.A. well after you first fell in love with this Magic is Johnson. This that's is true. And wait a second. You, that's what we got to do, though. We got to take, we got to, I don't know if there's a concert or something going on. We got to get him to the forum. Because to, to, to get oh, the no. true experience, I'd we got to get you to the uh, to the fabulous form. Because the Staples Center, to me, it's it's not the same. We got to get you. I don't know if like there's a concert going on, or if there's like some revival, if they have a flea market there. We got to get you to Let's the forum it. so you can you can experience it. All. And remember and what, all of those championships against the Celtics, right? Some of these games, obviously on the West Coast, they were later on CBS. I remember I had a portable black and white television with a little headset in there, so my mother couldn't hear that I was up watching the games <laughs> late at night because she would come in and yell at me. And I would do that all the time. I'll never forget that little black and white TV because that TV allowed me to watch some of these late Laker Celtic championship games, which I'll never forget. Yeah, the I did the same think- thing. I used to, yeah, I used to have the uh, the the radio in my bed and mm-hmm. the great uh, play-by-play man of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Mike Lang, used to say when it would uh, turn midnight, at the stroke of midnight, when the Penguins would be playing Edmonton or the Kings or whatever on the West right. Coast, he would say, turn down your radio, kids. Don't let mom hear it. <laughs> it's because you're officially now at the stroke of midnight. A part of the Night Owl Club. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. <laughs> nice. It was a great. It was a great thing to actually be doing that while he's saying that. Yeah. Um, what about though? And then what about Puck? Then you are Rangers or Islanders? Couldn't care less. All right. So, so you, that, but you were you're a Whalers fan. You were a Whalers fan. I, I went to a couple of Whalers games at the mall. And then when they left, I lost interest. But I, I don't know anything about hockey. The way really with those classic green unis. Great I love uniforms. Oh, the uniforms right. are great. What okay, we so- find with Fabiano is a lot of times what you find with uh, military kids who move around or they live in bases abroad because you follow the national teams. The only problem I have is that I get the Cowboys, I get the Yankees. You've got the two most, arguably the hated, most hated football team, the most hated baseball mm-hmm. team. That's where the Celtics should come in. You should root for the hated, because nobody hates the Lakers. That's, like, everybody loves the Lakers. You're, you're out of your mind. No one hates the Lakers. <laughs> People everybody hate the Lakers. Loves them. Aren't they big in Pittsburgh? Yeah, oh yeah. Lake, you, oh, huge. You huge guys in don't Pittsburgh. have Go a to basketball Boston. team. Nah, Go to yeah, Boston. Listen, that's the, the, Lakers, the Lakers are plenty hated. So, and, and uh, what's your college team then? College for what sport? Football, hoops, whatever. Don't really, moves follow, don't really follow college football very much, okay. honestly. Hoops, I like North Carolina. Again, North Carolina. Again, 1980s, early 1980s, Michael Jordan, Sam Perkins, James Worthy. Watch that. That was the first year I watched college hoops. They won. I it, watched that game too, but be, because I wasn't from North Carolina, I didn't. Uh, uh, I, I'm eight I didn't years old. I don't them. know that there's a geogra- geogra- you know, geographic like allegiance <laughs> that I need to right. have to these teams. I'm in Connecticut. I'm All we a, had was yeah. the Whalers. I, listen, How I didn't come was... in here. I didn't come in here to have a discourse with you about this. I just want you to know that, uh, that uh, you. I've allowed you to try and defend yourself, that. but I want I you to understand that, that uh, I am going to put on the books uh, in okay. the fan conduct policy on the. What am I going to get? What kind of fine or suspension? I'm just going to name it after you. I'm going to call it. Uh, let's uh, let me see what I should. I'm going to call it maybe something <laughs> like the Michael Fabiano cherry picker rule or something like that. You just cherry pick the best teams and, and make them uh, your own. I was smart when I was eight years old, but I still root for those teams today. Uh, Thirty years later. Uh, well, at least you've stuck with them. But but I, listen, it's a, it's a, a direct violation of the fan conduct policy. Where you're reared is where you must uh, is are, are the teams you must embrace. Period. All That's I had it. was the Whalers. But what do you? Wait, what are, that you was had the it. Giants. What you had two the, football wait, teams to choose from, and you could have taken on. either one of them. Instead, you took the Cowboys. What about what about your your brood? What about what do you mean? Angels fans, Kings fans, Lakers fans. Who are you talking about? 
Your my brood kids. Oh well, that's a that's a conversation for uh, where for, they're reared. So they're going to be. Well, are they, are they Lakers or Dodgers? Are they, I, I, I are they Angels this. or Dodgers fans? I think, I, I, as I've said before, I think it's emotional child abuse to force my children to root for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I okay. mean, that's that's just not right. But they will be required to be uh, to be Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I mean, there's not a listen in, until there is an NFL team. There's well, not a conversation that, to be. They had. won't be L.A. Rams fans. I, listen, don't bother with me. I, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with my children when the time comes. <laughs> but right now, I'm dealing with Fabiano, and I think we'll call it the Fabiano cherry picker rule. It's something like that, or the front runner rule. It's I, it's unacceptable, Fabiano. But all right, listen, let's get into the fantasy stuff. Uh-huh. It's all over NFL.com right now. There are videos, there's, uh, there are written pieces, ranks getting in there, writing uh, fantasy, Elliot Harrison, of course. Uh, we've done the the big uh, hour long uh, on the network. We did the big uh, preseason with Andrew Siciliano mm-hmm. and Harrison Rank, you and me, and uh, we just had our experts league draft. And let's break it down here in broad strokes, though, Fabiano. Talk about the guys. I think this is what's interesting to people. We can talk first round in just a second here, mm-hmm. but talk about guys who are a little under the radar right now that guy that people should be targeting and where in the draft, and then also guys who you imagine to be busts. But let's start with uh, with guys that are are you know like I say slipping under the radar a bit. Well, we'll go by position and quarterback. I I love Matt Stafford this year, and I know the shoulder injuries are a little bit of a cause for concern. But look at the weapons he's got in that offense. I really think if he stays healthy, he can throw for 4,000 yards, 25 to 30 touchdowns. He looked great in the first preseason game. Yes, the injury is an issue, but you know maybe that's to your advantage because people are a little bit afraid of grabbing him. He could come off the board. I think he went off the board a little earlier than normal in this draft, in our Experts League draft, but I've seen him go off the board in round 7, round 8, round 9. I think there's good value there. Sam Bradford's another guy, and it's the Josh McDaniels effect. Josh McDaniels loves to throw the football. In 13 starts last year, Kyle Orton threw the football almost 500 times. Right? Bradford's arm could fall off by the end of the season. You know, he's got some additional weapons there with Mike Sims Walker and Lance Kendricks, who Andrew Siciliano loves this year. I think he's a big time sleeper. Uh, and Bradford's a guy you can draft as a number two who could potentially be a number one. Remember, he plays Does in that a also mean that, division. And so by that logic, Steven Jackson's uh, value plummets, or at least well, it, goes down a little bit, right? PPR, if they're throwing all the time. PPR leagues, though, no. I mean, this is a guy who caught, what, 90 balls uh, a few years ago? Mm-hmm. So he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I don't think his value goes down that much. All right. Yeah, I mean, a running back position. Well, let's talk about, though, yeah. at quarterback. You yeah. and I and Rank, actually, we all agree on this. Everybody's scrambling to get Aaron Rodgers, and everyone's infatuated with Mike Vick coming off mm-hmm. of last season, and People are in our draft. The first pick, the great Gil Brandt, uh, you know, uh, took Mike Vick. The second pick was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You, uh, the three of us, agree that the difference between the number one QB, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, and I think, uh, I think that in spite of Mike Vick, I think that Aaron Rodgers is the most consistent, best QB to get. If you could take your pick, that would be the guy to get. But the difference between him and the 10th or 12th or 13th guy is not that big a difference. It's probably, on a weekly basis, about a five-point difference. Mm-hmm. And the names you just said, Stafford, Bradford, and never mind even those guys. What about guys like Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. Josh Freeman, those guys, Eli Manning? Yep. Those guys are going to be available at 10. I think that's the savvy move is to let everybody fight it out for A-Rod mm-hmm. at the expense of getting a, uh, a legit number one wide receiver and running back. Yep. And, and you can uh, that's that's the place to make hay. Anyway, continue with running yeah. back. Well, Roethlisberger, just to, just to give an example here, I've been in three drafts, I have him in every league, and I didn't have to draft him earlier, I think, than round five in any of those leagues. And if you look at his numbers from 12 starts last year, project him over a full 16 games, he scored more fantasy points than Drew Brees. And people have to look at that. It's a passing league. So a guy like Roethlisberger, even Romo, guys. I mean, I've seen Romo come off the board in the fifth round. He was on pace to throw for 5,000 yards and, and 32 touchdowns in the five full starts he made last year. That would have been better than Tom Brady, so... There's a lot of depth at the quarterback position, so there's no doubt about that. And what about uh, Desi Bryant? When who took a, who, who in our league took that Desi was Bryant? Insane. Was that that was in the second round? That was a little bit of a reach. A lot of bit of a reach. Yeah, yeah uh, Matt Marini, the guy who uh, does the NFL record and fact book, started at the uh, NFL Publishing back in 1994. But he's the guy. When you look at the NFL record and fact book, he's the guy who puts that together. Mm-hmm. Savvy fantasy player. 
Not a savvy pick. What about, though, uh, yeah, I, well, I, I do like him, but it's all about, that's what it's about. It's just because Fabiano throws out a name here that Matt Stafford's a good pick, it's about where you slot him. Mm-hmm. It's not that Fabiano is suggesting that you take Matt Stafford in the third round. It's that you can get a great value it's after everybody value. else has taken Matt Schaub and mm-hmm. uh, and guys in that category. You're still going to make out if you have Matt Stafford. Right, right. And uh, the running back position, you know, it's tough right now for fantasy owners. You guys have been playing fantasy for years like me. I can remember when I would take three running backs in the first three rounds like you did in our draft, right? When Marshall Falk was there and you have Priest Holmes and, and Sean Alexander and Dorsey Levins and Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders. You know these guys were going to be the workhorses for their team. That's not the case anymore. So you have to go out and grab that number one running back in the first round if you can. And even, listen, Adam and I disagree about Michael Vick. I don't think there's any way he can do what he did last year again. He averaged almost 20, I think it was almost 29 fantasy points a game. That's unheard of. When Tom Brady had 52 touchdowns in 2007, he only averaged 24 points. Vick is great. He's going to put up good numbers. There's no doubt about it. I just don't think that a quarterback is going to be worth a first-round pick. You know, maybe I'm wrong. I like Aaron Rodgers better than Vic at that position. Sure, That's and what... the other thing is, too, with that is Mike Vic is a, a, a guy that you know Andy Reid. Obviously, it's, it, it's a mm-hmm. tough balance for him. You know Andy Reid is going to want Mike Vic making plays with his legs, but on the other hand, with Vince Young, especially the way Vince Young looked in uh, the first week of preseason, yeah. he doesn't want Vince Young to have to take the team <laughs> over for a month. Mm-hmm. Right. Although I do think he'll, he'll, he'll emerge he'll as, a, as a good backup. But Still, you know, Mike Vick, at some point, it's going to be like, listen, just tuck the ball and, and go down there, Mike right. Vick. We need you healthy. But as a, from a fantasy perspective, if he is doing that more, then obviously mm-hmm. his value goes down quite a bit. Yeah. And that was the funny thing, too, is that Rodgers and Vick went 1-2 in our fantasy. That was That's Loco. Insane. Experts, indeed. I don't yeah. know. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, Loco. Um, and there's Mike sitting there at number three going, I'm wait, like, I just got Adrian Peterson. This is great. Because what, what were you going to do? Okay, now, you would assume that... Peterson, Chris Johnson go off the board. What were you planning to do at number three? Arian Foster, uh, assuming that he was even there. Maybe, maybe you know, you, you see someone not want Chris Johnson ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Then I've got to make the decision at number three. Do I take CJ or do I take Jamal Charles, who Dave loves? Then I had a little bit of, uh, you know, a little thinking to do. I probably still would have taken CJ2K. But I like seeing Peterson on that board. That is well. For let's sure. uh, that that is an interesting thing. Let's talk about you know I'm conflicted on Arian Foster. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the two names I think that are the most intriguing among those the the supposed top tier running backs. Arian Foster to me he loses Vontae Leach and you know if if the NFL players are to be be, uh, be believe <laughs> Vontae Leach is one of the top hundred players. Mm-hmm. I mean I think that's loco. But all right, fine. So their the, so their philosophy of running the ball will be different without mm-hmm. Leach in there. So that raises a question. Plus, you have Ben Tate back. How many touches is he going to get? How many carries is he going to take away from Arian Foster? On the other hand, though, Arian Foster, I feel like just the precedent is with Priest Holmes, like you mentioned, and Marshall Falk, when these guys start having dominant seasons— it's it's as though he's just gotten into the front end of a three-year or four-year window of just putting up phenomenal numbers. I could see him being the number one running back again. So I'm conflicted with him versus Adrian Peterson, who is, I think, probably the most talented runner. But Donovan McNabb better play well. They're going to stack it up on Adrian Peterson. Sidney Rice is gone. Percy Harvin's their number one guy. You know, that offense is they're going to do everything they can exactly like they did to CJ2K last mm-hmm. year. They're going to stack it up and try and take him away and make yeah, Donovan re- McNabb remember win. Remember, too, AD's in a contract year. He hasn't so- signed a contract with that team. So Adrian Peterson motivated in a contract year. I love it. I guess that's great, but then, like you mentioned, I think Jamal Charles, that hear me now, believe me later, leads the NFL in rushing. I like him. Listen, he was fourth in fantasy points last year at running mm-hmm. back, and he didn't even lead the Chiefs in carries. And, o- and it'll kill oh, you. The first- always, yeah, you forget what ha- with Haley. always with, He would start you remember? Thomas Jones. Adam, you remember the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and right. Thomas Jones, and you were complaining, <laughs> what the heck is Haley doing? We were both saying, what is this guy doing? He ended up with more carries than Charles. Slow burn. Yeah, that's right. But it's a slow burn with Jamal Charles. That's, the that's first half of the season, your fantasy season, you're gonna be you're gonna be tisk tisking that and and, and damning Damashek for suggesting you take Jamal Charles high. But in the second half of the season, he did it the both of the last two years. Mm-hmm. He takes off. He's the best running back in the second half of your fantasy season because Haley obviously looks at his slight build like kind of like a Felix Jones and says, Let's wait on this guy, keep him fresh for when the games start to matter more and more. I think Sean Green falls into that category too. 
Yeah. Somebody who they're going to they're gonna run LT until he kind of wears out. Second half of the season, Sean Green's going to be really good. And let, what about, uh, talking about sleepers, what about, uh, uh, I guess this is sort of a random name, but Felix Jones makes me think. I do not believe, from a, a, a real football perspective, that Felix Jones can have 20 carries a game. I don't think he, I, I don't think Jason Garrett intends to use him that way. No. I question, you know, the whole thing a couple of years ago, I mean, last year with him putting on that weight like he mm-hmm. did and everything. I don't know that even though he cuts the same physical figure as Jamal Charles, he has not been productive. He hasn't been healthy. I think DeMarco Murray emerges as the man. And I think he's a nice guy to, to pick even as your fourth running back. I bet you by like week 10, you'll uh, you'll be reaping the benefits of, of adding him. See, I like Jones. The one issue is durability with him, right? mm-hmm. and that's always been the issue. But if you look at the numbers, and again, I'm all about the numbers, he was at top 25 fantasy running back last year based on points on NFL.com with two touchdowns. He's going to do better than that this year. He's going to find the end zone far more often. He looked really good in the pre- first preseason game. I'm not going to say, oh, his value is on the rise from one preseason <laughs> performance. I just like the offense that he's in. I like the fact that he's going to be the guy there. DeMarco Murray has a lot of upside. He's also more injury-prone than even Felix Jones is. So right. I like Felix. I think this guy can get... 16 to 18 touches a game, and that'll be enough. That'll lead the Cowboys. He'll lead the Cowboys in backfield touches. They'll get him the ball out of the backfield as a receiver. I just like his upside. I'm not grabbing him as a high-end two. I'm taking him more as a high-end three, a flex guy, but I think he can put up number two numbers. I, but I think people are investing in him that's like a number much. two, and, and that's right, yeah, the problem. That's too much. That's, the, that's always my point. The difference between 1 and 12 in quarterbacks, same thing with tight ends. People are crazy about Jason Witten and Antonio Gates and Jermichael Finley and everybody else. But look at the difference between those top three and the and the guys at 10, 11, 12 at that position. It's not that big a drop-off. Running back it is. One, if you go from the, the top three or four running backs that we just talked about down to like 15 or 20, it is such a massive drop-off. You're looking at Felix Jones and, yeah. and guys like and that. it gets the, real confusing for fantasy owners. Honestly, right? Like mm-hmm. Ryan Matthews, who I was 100% completely wrong on I him. I was there with you. How dare I, as Adam would say. Well, I was with you. I we, that, well, we were. Remember, we did the NFL Network special last year, mm-hmm. and we did the mock draft. We did it with uh, Brian Baldinger and Jamie Dukes. Yeah, and I looked like an Oompa Loompa <laughs> next to all these six feet people. Oh, and uh, then they brought in Stacy Dales and yeah, heels. she's six two. So and she's <laughs> taller than she's taller than everyone. Well, she might not have been taller than Baldinger, but she's taller than everybody. Yeah. So and, and I'm here, you know, the the little five eight Italian guy. But I took I took Ryan Matthews on that show. And, you know, the thing is now, I've done a complete 180 on him because of everything that I'm hearing in camp. He is now, it's a tandem with Mike Tolbert there. So I liked him as a sleeper during the lockout. But once we got back to football and I saw what was going on and he had, you know, more injuries, I'm like, you know what? Chalk this one up to I was wrong and I wouldn't touch him. Now. That's why. Listen, good, yeah, that's why like, Damashek is advising you. You can make fun all you want, but when Damashek's holding the champion uh, championship trophy at season's end, you'll you'll uh, you'll owe me you an apology. You got to go through the champ here, though. Oh, listen. Let he me took tell me you. out in the championship last year. Is that right? We right? did. We he fought it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. right. No, in our league. Listen here's here. But I went. As Fabiano mentions, and you can check this out. We'll have this up for you on the uh, uh, when if you're listening to this on iTunes, you can uh, you can go on to NFL.com and look for the uh, for the um, blog attached to the podcast, and you you'll see everybody's lineup there if you want to review the full on thing. Um, but I went three running backs. I went Ray Rice. I had the seventh pick, and I was very mm-hmm. pleased, like you were, to see those two quarterbacks go ahead because that le- that gave me Great Ray Rice. Value there. He's going to have a huge season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about PPR. He's going to catch a lot of passes in that offense. Mm-hmm. I think Ray Rice is. He's going to have his breakout season. I'll be curious to see if they use Ricky Williams the same way they used Willis McGahee the last few years, which well, is to say— Cam they- Cameron said no. Cam Cameron said Ray Rice is going to see the goal line work. Is that right? So you're golden. Oh, see, I, I yeah, I mean, yeah, because I drafted him there because Cam Cameron said that he's going to get the goal line work, so that's why I took him <laughs> yeah. there. Um, but yeah, Ray Rice, and then great value in Michael Turner coming back to me at what pick is that, 17 overall? Mm-hmm. Coming, well, snaking back around to me. Michael Turner, in that offense, he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. I know he has. he's one of those guys, a roller coaster guy who falls off season to season and then has a gangbuster. But yeah, as my yeah, second runner, no, as no, my second runner, good. he's good, and by the way, I 
I did uh, handcuff myself with him and with uh, Ray Rice. I got I, I got their backup, so I'm in good shape there. And then I and then in the third round, the other guy who I put up there along with uh, Aaron Foster is the big uh, the the guy who people seem to have a lot of opinions on right now. Peyton Hillis. I get him in the third round, no matter what. That's a bargain to get him in the third round. As a number three? Absolutely. But what about him, though? People are all, because my my theory is, you know what it is, is that we all are too savvy sometimes. We're we're a little too informed as football fans. Now, we all are aware of the Earl Campbell syndrome, you know, the the big back effect. Well, they wear out so quickly, and and, and they're just studs. Yeah, that is true of Larry Johnson and Earl Campbell Mm -hmm. and and myriad other guys, except that Peyton Hillis has only played one season. He'll do that he is going to fade away i bet but that won't happen until 2013 or something he still has a window of a couple of good season left i think i got a steal in the third round and i really do think that's the difference in in why the cool cats my team is going to be champions uh, by by uh, season's end how say you fabiano i am not worried about wear down with hillis i'm worried about opportunities he saw 331 touches last year their backup running backs were who Exactly. I'm not saying that Brandon Jackson is any great shakes, but he also led the Packers in fantasy points last year at the running back position. And Montero Hardesty seems to be getting healthier. And Pat Shermer's already said they're not going to give Hillis as much of a workload. They can't do it. So last year he had 60 plus receptions. He had uh, well over a thousand rushing yards. He had real good receiving totals as well. I think that's going to dwindle down a little bit. So can he rush for 1,100 yards and catch 30 passes and have 300 receiving yards and 8 to 10 touchdowns, yeah. Most important thing is yeah. that, exactly. As long as, as long as he continues to be the guy that they're, they're banging at the goal line, I think that he, his right. value as a third-round guy but is here's in your, thir- your flex spot. I mean, that's here's perfect. the thing, though, right? So after 2009, when CJ2K broke Marshall Fox's record for scrimmage yards in a season and went absolutely ballistic. Mm-hmm. People thought this is the number one guy. We all said he was the number one guy. He had a good year last year. He just didn't have a spectacular career year. He just mm-hmm. you're not going to do it two years in a row. He may not ever do that again. And I got people tweeting me and emailing, "Boy, this CJ2K stinks this year." The guy rushed for you know for what 13, 1400 yards and had double digit touchdowns. That's good, but you have to temper your expectations. That's why I talk about Vic. That's why I talk about Hillis, Arian Foster, Brandon Lloyd. I mean, he could turn into Mushin Muhammad this year. You don't know. You have to temper your expectations. All right. So you That's... think though, but but based on one's own history, you're you're saying that Adrian Peterson will live up to his previous stats more than Arian Foster will. Obviously, be. Tougher Aaron Foster to repeat what he did last year. CJ2K betters what he did last season or is about there or is closer to what he was two seasons ago when he had the phenomenal year? Uh, I think he's in between two year, the last two years, basically. So uh, CJ2K, right now, the, the issue is the holdout. That's the big issue. But they've also said, uh, Chris Palmer, the offensive coordinator, said that Javon Ringers looked really good. So that almost makes it a little bit safer to grab CJ because you know, okay, well, this guy's looked good. He's talented. He's versatile. He's not Chris Johnson. He's not explosive, but you can grab him in the late rounds as insurance, just like Andrew did in our draft. And you're kind of set there. That's why CJ's value is falling. I was in a draft last week on Sirius XM, and he was the seventh overall pick in a 14 team league. So people are worried about him. Yeah, but he's yeah. If he if he's out there, and we don't have to worry about a holdout. Hopefully, something happens here. There's no reason why he can't have a big year. Maybe not. 2009 but something better than what he did in 2010 what about then so let's get into it let's look at our teams you mentioned Sicilianos and it's interesting you mentioned that because I think his team or maybe Craig Ellenport uh, editor here at NFL.com I think those two teams are going to fight it out for the basement this year I think those are the (laughs) worst teams Siciliano goes Phil Rivers obviously great great we talked about the uh, relevance of the QB Ahmad Bradshaw is huge for him. He has Chris Johnson. That's and good. And D'Angelo, I, I really like Ahmad Bradshaw as a number two. D'Angelo Williams is the X factor for Siciliano. If D'Angelo Williams doesn't mm-hmm. take off, he's in trouble because his receivers stink. Yep. Anquan Bolden. Ooh. Julio Jones is his gamble. Oh. I mean, I, I mean, I, what, what do you expect out of uh, out of a rookie? I, I, mm-hmm. I think that... You know, I, I think that's a pretty good rule. To, uh, a rule of thumb is do not invest too high in a rookie wide receiver. But they he, generally are not going to be great. And here's the opinion that the three of us have that sort of comes to fruition here, right? Adam went after running backs and wide receivers early and often. You went after running backs early and often. You've still got two low-end starters at quarterback. 
you've still got Freeman, who was fantastic last year, so you've got a legitimate number one fantasy quarterback. The guys who went after quarterbacks early here, they're hurting in other spots. That's right. Mike Williams is Andrew's number one wide receiver. I don't love him this year at all. If you look at the teams that went early with quarterbacks, they have a significant void at a very important position. That's right. I agree with that. And then uh, to look at, and, and so that would be your fix there is that he shouldn't have uh, gone so high on a, a, um, a QB there. Mm-hmm. Ellen Ford goes Matt Stafford, who you say you like. Steven Jackson, Brandon Jacobs is his number two running back. Oof. That's rough. And he has Larry Fitzgerald, Stevie Johnson, and Sidney Rice. I mean, he has Dallas Clark, good tight end. Mm -hmm. But this team looks looks pretty bad top to bottom. Stafford in the fourth round, and I know Craig loves Matt Stafford. He could have gotten him three rounds later. Big mistake people make is people become infatuated with somebody, and, and therefore that means that they're worthy of a pick way too high. Listen. Figure out where you think other people are going to go, and if they make if so, you love Matt Stafford, I really want him on my team. That doesn't mean you should reach for him in the fourth round. Right. And if somebody else does, they just good they luck. just screwed yeah. up their own All team. Right. It's not your yeah. It, yeah, it's good. So so you wanted him too bad. Deal with it and move on. And that's yeah. the thing when when you compare that to Andrew's team. At least the thing Andrew can fall back on is that he's got Philip Rivers, so he's going to put up points every week. Stafford, that's a huge for a guy. I agree. Yeah, that's right. You know, Phil Rivers is going to put up numbers. You don't know that Matt Stafford. Yeah, you're taking a gamble. That's right. It's the same thing with you know. We we talk. You you guys talk about Ryan Matthews. To me, this year is Daniel Thomas, which is to say, these are got Ryan Matthews. You saw very little. Very few people who were really high on Ryan Matthews saw him play very often, if at all, when he was in college. Same thing with Daniel Thomas. I don't think a lot of people were watching K State football, (laughs) but everyone has decided that Daniel Thomas is a must-have guy. Settle down, everybody. I th- I I personally say I know you guys disagree. I think Reggie Bush is is a good number two this year. I think he's gonna in the same way in a non traditional way he's gonna catch a lot of passes for him. He may not get as many touches as as a traditional back is, but I think he's gonna get enough that they'll get in the end zone. Again, it's he's just, one of those guys. If he stays healthy, I think right, he's gonna be good. That's the thing. That's the caveat. And he's missed what sixteen games in the last three years, and he's number one on the yeah. Dolphins depth chart right now. And when he gets hurt. And mark my words, he will he get will hurt. Get hurt. <laughs> Daniel Thomas is going to be the bell cow because I think it's only uh, Lex Hilliard behind him on the depth chart. Third on the, de- he is going to see a lot of work. That that kid, it's opportunity. So we didn't see a lot of Steve Slayton when he was with West Virginia. We didn't see a lot of Matt Forte and Tulane. That is for darn sure. It's opportunity where they went, and he went in a very good spot. And I'm offended. I did see Ryan Matthews when he played in college. I know you did. But, well, that makes you even uh, that makes you more reprehensible that you were so high on him. You should have been able to figure that out. Really? When By he, watching when he, him when he torched Boise State for three hundred. Uh, yeah, yards. when he was playing when he was playing the. Uh, are you mean when he was playing the hundred twenty seventh best team in the nation? I've got I've got to defend Adam because I was right there too. Every <laughs> sign pointed to him having a good year. North Turner's offense. Being this featured back in in in, a, in an offense that you know Ladanian Tomlinson absolutely just blew up in, little did we know how that much Mike they Pulver spent was as good as he is and right how much they spent in the draft on this kid they saw something. Um, all right, let's take a look at uh, at the champs league here, uh, a team here. Rank, I do not like his team very much at all. Eli Manning is his number what? one. Fine, that's fine. Well, Joe mean, Flacco's your backup. Well, that's fine. I know we talked about Eli earlier, but I'm still. The thing that everybody hates about Eli Manning is that he had 25 interceptions last year. And that's terrible, and I'm not going to defend that. In 2008 and 2009, he had 24 interceptions combined. 10 one year, 14 the other. If he gets back to where he's only throwing 10 interceptions with 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, steal of the draft. I, I, that's fine. I think he's, he, I think, like we've discussed, I think he's in the top. 12 and that's fine. I don't think that hurts you. As long as you don't have Mark Sanchez as your starter, I think you're fine. I mean, I, I, he's he's a perfectly good option, but your running backs go MJD. I think he is to me, he's the one I am circling as the biggest uh, bust in the draft. It, wow. Because in, in in relatively speaking, people mm-hmm. are taking him in the first round. I do not think he's worthy of a first round pick. How He was you? my he was my second round pick. All right, we'll get And there. I think he's worth a late first round early second round pick. And actually, I talked to his agent earlier in the week and his agent, listen, it was not a major knee procedure. It wasn't microfracture surgery. It was a minor knee procedure to clean things up. And Maurice Jones Drew, he's a fantasy guy. He has his own show on SiriusXM. 
And he is a little bit perturbed that all of us so-called fantasy experts have dropped him in the rankings. So he is motivated to put up some numbers. I don't think he's going to be as bad as a lot of people think. I, w- I would take him in the middle to late first round. Yeah, I- but he's, I mean, we talk about bangers. You know, he's not he's, he's, he's not 6'1 or anything, but sure. he is a bowling ball of a running mm-hmm, back. Right? He's taking a lot of shots. At some point, he wears out. I mean, he yeah. he was... He was downright lousy for the first half of last season, and it was the same story. He's motivated to prove fantasy owners wrong and everything, but he he, he was pretty bad the first half of the season. Obviously, he came on. I I, I just I, I'm not saying he's not he's going to be a, a an awful guy, but if you if he's your number one, I think you're in trouble. Here's what I'm hoping: either he rebounds and he's MJD of old and he's great. Or else, just get hurt, get out of there, because I got his, I got his backup. That's right. That is imperative. I don't, I don't want him to just be ter- Like I don't want him to be middle of the road, be awesome, or get hurt. Right now, the two biggest handcuffs in fantasy football might be Javon Ringer and Rashad Jennings, just because of the running backs mm-hmm. they're behind. Interesting. Um, and then you have Legarrette Blunt. I like that as your number two running back. I was hoping that Hillis was coming there. Great wide receivers: Miles yeah. Austin, Kenny Britt. Wide receivers are sick. Andre Johnson. It's a yeah. That you, you Percy really, yeah, Harvin. Percy Harvin's your him. number four. That's that's really good. I'm gonna have to um, go flex with the receiver. But though. that's the one thing I don't like. I know I don't mm. like that either. I don't, I would never advise somebody to do that. I think you're you wind up middle of the pack. Let's talk about uh, about two more teams. First of all, Michael Fabiano's team. By the way, give your team a name. You can't just call it the Michael <laughs> Fabianos. I, I'm thinking of doing something Godfather related, maybe like the Corleone, something like that. Right. You know, or you the go. you know the the severed head in a bed team. I don't know. The eggplant like Parmigianas. The Gabagools. <laughs> the Gabagools, that's a good one, right? Yeah, maybe. maybe well, the spicy meatballs. <laughs> the spicy, that's what I was just going to say. <laughs> um, all right, you go. Roethlisberger's your number one. Talked good. about him. Love no Sean Moreno. I, yeah, think, he, I think he is going to be is going to be dynamite. He's I was happy be, to. Yeah. Because w- w- John Fox, obviously, is. He was your is, second round pick? Fourth. I mean, that's gangbusters. That That is, you know, John Fox, as we saw in Carolina, is a run-first guy. He's going to lean on Noshan quite a mm-hmm. bit. I think that uh, I think that that's going to be a steal for you. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there's injury concerns there, of course. You know, Marino has not been exactly the most durable back in the world. But as you mentioned, John Fox loves to run the football, right? He was the head coach of the only team in National Football League history to have two running backs rush for 1,100-plus yards in the same year. So he's going to run the football. McGahey, yeah, that puts a dent in his value, but it's better than having D'Angelo Williams come in and, and potentially steal early down work. I don't see that with McGahey. He's going to see a, a very similar role to what he did with the Ravens, goal line work, short yardage work, that kind of thing. I think Marino could be a very solid number yeah, two I this love year. That. That that is a I think, that's, that's, a I think that's gangbusters. And then you go Joe Adai, who maybe bounces back. That's a nice risk, gamble. Risk I love reward. that one. Yeah, and three, Reggie Bush. Yeah, for a three pick, that's good. I think Bush or Adai, one of those two out of the works two out of those for guys. Yeah. And then you go, and then your receivers, Macklin, great news for you and anyone who drafts him. Yeah. People, He's going to plummet. That's a place to make a steal. People should circle Jeremy mm-hmm. Macklin because people are going to be nervous about him. But in that offense. Are we not still nervous? Well, the, the news this week is that, uh, that I know he, what they're he's saying. ready to go. But the last guy, the last public figure that they thought had mana was Easy E. <laughs> <laughs> Akeem Nix, I know you're very oh, you were I high on that. him last yeah, year, but I he like him. as long as he stays healthy, he should be dynamite. Mm-hmm. And then I mean Greg Jennings, Michael Crabtree is your is your fourth receiver, Steve yeah, I Smith. Think he's of, my fifth receiver. Oh, Crabtree. Steve Smith South is your fourth. is your fourth. Wow! Yes. So you're loaded there. Loaded. This is a good team. This is a this the, is the a very good team. The one I have is tight end and Gronkowski or I, Dustin. I, I think Keller's a, Keller is a guy that is a guy who's going to score touchdowns for you. That's a, that's the way that the, offense is going to work out for here, you. Here's what happened, and this is what's going to happen to a lot of fantasy owners. You sort of look at the position of need, and you're like, okay. In in my case, Vernon Davis, I'm going to take him this round. Four picks ahead of me, gone. Okay. I got to alter my strategy. Now I'm looking at somebody like Brandon Pettigrew and Harrison, handsome Harrison. He takes him what is his second tight end when he's got Jason <laughs> Witten, uh, which we won't talk about because that was not exactly the, the most intelligent move in the world. So that hurt me because tight end position is just dwindling. And then I was thinking about Tony Gonzalez. So he goes. Then I'm thinking, all right, you know, what? I'm just going to wait. Chris Cooley's still out there, and I love Fred Davis. So I'll take Chris Cooley, and then I'll take Fred Davis in the third to last round, secure that position, at least from the Redskins' point of view. And Cooley gets taken right before me, and at that point I says, okay, I'm taking Rob Gronkowski. And I'll take him, but that's the weak part of my team for sure. And there's some risks on there too. A die's a risk. Reggie Bush is a risk. I figured in the 10th round, Michael Crabtree, 
I'll, I'll roll the dice as my fifth wide receiver. Well. We'll see what happens. I like that one. Uh, yeah, but your team is very strong, but the, the best of the lot, Josh Freeman with a backup of Matt Castle. Matt Castle's going to – there's no way he doesn't have a big year. Talk about QBs who no one would take in the in the top ten. Is Matt Castle – he's probably the 14th or 15th in your rankings. Matt Castle has to be productive this year in that offense. Way too many weapons. Todd Haley likes slinging the ball all over the place. He's going to have a big year, Matt Castle. I, I'm interested to see what he does without uh, Charlie Weiss. That's Todd what I'm Haley is to more see. significant to that offense than Chaz Weiss would be. I mean, I think that's what it all comes. Chaz Weiss but leaves because Todd I Haley mean, was overriding. It's also notable that Castleball had his best statistical season in the one year Weiss was the OC. All right. So we'll see. And uh, we talked about my running backs. Very strong. Peyton yeah. Ellis, Ray Rice, Michael Turner. I like those guys, obviously. The question for me, you talk about uh, some position is going to be weak. I do have Jermichael Finley and Todd Heap as a backup. I think that's, I love uh, Finley. I think uh, that's going to be nice. But... Uh, I go Brandon Marshall. Now he's got to have a good year, but listen, last year he had a down year, but he's, you know, everybody calls him the beast for a reason. He put Mm -hmm. up huge numbers and he wasn't, and Dan Fouts wasn't throwing him the ball. Dan Marino wasn't throwing him the ball. Right. Kyle Orton and guys like that are, are, have been throwing him the ball. So Chad Henney or, or whoever uh, ends up, uh, you know, throwing the ball the majority of the time down in Miami. I don't think that kills him. Then Pierre Garçon and Marcus Colston's a big question for me. But I do have A.J. Green is a is a nice gamble. I think he's going to be obviously a great pro. We'll see how quickly he gets there. And uh, and then I have Johnny Knox, who people are sleeping on, I feel like, because Roy Williams arrives there while he has his best years with Mike Martz and everything. Johnny Knox was very good in the second half of last season. So is do you consider, like many do, that to be uh, the downfall of the Cool Cats this year, my receiving core? Yeah. Every team is going to have one weakness. You need Colston to be Colston. Because mm-hmm. uh, if Colston misses time with the knee, and I'm worried as heck because this guy's had like five knee surgeries, that could that could potentially hurt you. You're strong. I love Josh Freeman. I think he's a, he's a very good number one. He was actually someone that I liked at the beginning of last year, and he totally exceeded my expectations. He was far better than I thought. He was one of the most consistent quarterbacks in fantasy football based on points. He was very good. Your running backs are obviously sick. Solid. I mean, that you're sick. Jermichael Finley is a, is a great tight end. You have to worry about Colston. Garcona is your third wide receiver. We'll see what happens I mean, right now. Austin Collie looks like he's running with the ones, and Garcon is going to be in there, maybe playing the slot. But it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that Colts uh, wide receiver core. You do have a good team, though. Adam's got a very good team, too. What's your pick, then? Let's, I look let's at, boil I look it at, down. See, let's that's make the our problem, picks. Though, is I see that Colston, there could be weeks where Colston and Garcon, they'll have like two points apiece. Yeah. Where it's so frustrating. Well, that's why Johnny yeah. Knox better be productive for me, or A.J. Green better uh, arrive ahead of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, make your pick, then. I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, I, I hate to say it, uh, but I think that uh, Fabiano's team is a little bit better than mine. I think the Fabiano he's right the now. He's preseason number one. He's my preseason. That's your know. pick? I don't know. I th- it's pretty good. It's I a, think, it's I think some... Adam's t- I love Kenny Britt if you know if he can keep as his, a three. Yeah. Out of, I don't like out a out wide of, you know? receiver in your flex spot. That's not good. But no, Harvin's going to be in my flex spot. And Harvin is going to Harvin's going to have a thousand one. yards receiving. He's going to have eight touchdowns. He's going to rush for 150 yards. Uh, the one I, I think if Adam plays the matchups right, which there's no reason why you shouldn't with Eli Manning and Joe Flacco, you'll be okay there. I don't love Zach Miller, but everybody has a weakness. But when you look at that roster. He's got some guys who are beasts, and he's got some guys who could be very beastly. This All year. right, how about this? Let's make a very simple little bet here. It doesn't okay. have to be head shaving or anything like that. But let's say <laughs> Already this. Already there. Because in, <laughs> in honor of the Gabagools or whatever we're going to call this team, let's say, let's just bet between, a three-way bet between right. us. Let's say whoever team finishes first gets a, uh, I don't know, what, what an Italian feast of some sort to, to oh, be determined. A, what's, what's the, uh, we'll Bay go to City's, a place here in Culver City. Oh, Bay City's Deli. There, Have you ever been to Bay City? Deli? Bay City's Deli in uh, Santa Monica. In Santa Monica, oh, Deli. Or Jackson Lord. Market in Culver City. No, that's not. Listen, it's got to be. The, the two losers have to buy uh, a Absolutely. fancy Italian feast for everybody. Let's All right, do so it. Fair enough. Okay, good. I like it. All right, done and done. And uh, Fabiano, very quickly, we, we like to ask uh, NFL talent here, NFL Network uh, talent, best pizza topping. Oh, man. That's a tough one, being that I'm Italian and I like just about every <laughs> single one. I'm going sausage. That's, that's close. Meatball is the correct answer to that question. Meatball. Yeah, that's right. Meatball. Slice meat. As, as long as it's that's not the very crumbled good too. meat. What about bacon? Sli- bacon can be tasty. My favorite, back in Connecticut, Baco's. Great Italian place. Uh, sausage and bacon pizza. It's just 
phenomenal. My Uncle Fran just loved that stuff. It's great stuff. Well, Baco's Pizza, perhaps you can be the first sponsor to the Michael Fabiano to the uh, to the upcoming NFL.com uh, fantasy podcast. When does that debut, Fabiano? Next week on Wednesday. Is that so right? Noon, noon to 2 Pacific, yeah. Oh, excellent. Well, so, Tough D. Who's going to be in here with Pacific you? time there, too, right? Thank you. Who's yes, going to be in here with it. you on that? Uh, Andrew Siciliano and Elliot Harrison. And uh, we're going to be on the We're actually going to be on Sirius XM Live as well. So you guys need to uh, definitely check it out. We're going to have everything you need right now to dominate your fantasy draft. And once the regular season kicks in, we'll have everything you need to kick the competition to the curb. Waiver wire, starts and sits, anything you can imagine. We'll have some great guests lined up as well. All right, excellent. And uh, and then, of course, uh, NFL.com for uh, for all your fantasy needs. Sign and up. Then, and, uh, and then also the the daily show, Monday through Friday, the mm-hmm. fantasy show coming up uh, once we get into the season. Yep. So. All right, listen, Fabiano, a pleasure, and, uh, and uh, best wishes to your fantasy team. And uh, thanks for popping in. Anytime, guys. All the best. All right, terrific. Well, the Yub Nub song has begun. Mm-hmm. I think that's that. We've said it all for today, and uh, we'll pick it up with uh, Elliot Harrison to talk some QBs um, tomorrow. But uh, I think uh, let's put a wrap on this thing. We've already gone very, very long here, and uh, so we'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce tomorrow. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.